0: 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. If
1: you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast and it's always presented By DraftKings Sportsbook, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now a boatload of popular podcasts as part of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Ross Tucker Football Podcast will be daily in a couple of weeks, still three days a week right now. Your 30 minutes of on-demand football audio or video content, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL you can check me out on social media at ross Tucker NFL check us out at ross Tucker pod if you're in a fantasy football fantasy feast Joe Dolan is the man. if you like college football if you like betting on college football, make sure you check out emory hunt on the college draft podcast august twenty seventh already we will have uh week zero they call it of college football games. But if you like betting on the National Football League, and I'm guessing you all do, otherwise you probably wouldn't be here, you've come to the right place. Because we have Steve Fezzik and nobody else does. At Fezzik Sports on social media, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the super contest out there at the Westgate. And before we even get into the topic of the day, Steve, which is Preseason NFL game betting 101, which by the way, we went over some of the thoughts Kiev uh, had last week. I thought Kiev did a nice job breaking down the records of all of the head coaches in preseason games, which is important. First, Steve, where is the rest
2: of you, man? You look so thin. Well, I'm not thin, but I'm at 200. It's all relative, Ross. So down from 230. Let's see if I can keep this lifestyle up when football actually starts. All right, so
1: you were 230. Now you're 200. Have you had to switch clothes
2: up yet? The 36-inch waist is starting to be a major problem. I'm really 34 and a quarter at this point, so time to get some new clothes in a couple weeks, or uh, I'm getting tired of just tightening the belt to keep them from falling off. So what are you doing, Steve? I have the most idiotic weight loss system ever. All right. Well, I made a, a substantial bet with my friend Todd Wishnev. He weighed 300. And I bet I would be lighter than him every day for one year. Well, Todd's down to 230. All right. So Todd's coming. Todd's coming hard. And it's clear to me that I'm not going to be able to win this bet. The bet is that if we both get to 180, it's a push. So I think we're just gonna push. And I encourage everyone, this is the greatest system ever. Get a friend, spend a substantial amount of money that you both need to hit a target weight. And every day check in with your friend, every morning weigh in. And that reinforcement is tremendous to keep you from falling off the wagon. My idiotic system, Ross, this is the stupidest thing ever, works for me. I weigh myself every morning. Should I happen to gain weight during that 24 hour period, All right. I'm not allowed to eat that day. Cold turkey that I clearly I have not demonstrated that I am doing the right things. So I don't eat for 24 hours. And guess what? It's constant reinforcement late at night. Thinking about getting a snack. Think about blowing off maybe the jog that night. And I'm like, I'd really like to eat tomorrow. I better go ahead and just have water, get that exercise in and boom, like magic, the weight keeps dropping. That's your system. I know it sounds stupid, but I mean, it reinforces the idea of exercise more, eat less. And bottom line is, you know, I'm going to throw all of the weight loss um, systems that they're selling you under the bus. They make, they say, oh, it's so hard. It's so complicated. It's so difficult. We'll help you with this meal plan and with personal trainers bullshit. Just eat less than 2,000 calories a day and walk five miles a day. And preferably get to the gym and lift some weights. I don't care if you think you're big boned, you got a slow metabolism, you're cursed heredity-wise. All, it's all a bunch of crap. Just do that. Eat reasonably well and exercise. You will lose weight. 2,000 calories is not much. Yeah, I gave up soda. That really helped. That really, I can't emphasize enough. Not having that Coke, uh, that's just wasted calories. Yeah, but 2,000 calories is not, is not very
1: many. That's, so I'll be curious to see how you do after the year is up or after you push on the 180 and after you're no longer getting, like, are you going to keep this system for the rest of your life that if I gained weight, I don't eat the next day? Are you going to keep talking to your boy Todd every day the rest of your
2: life? No, I, I think 180 will be too light for me, ultimately, although the BMI charts say that's the right weight for me. But I imagine I'll go right to 190. I'm not going to be extremist about it. Um, I will say this. You go into Panda, you can do like beef with broccoli and fresh vegetables. And and that's, that's a lot of food. That's about 400 calories. So contrast that with a taco salad and eat 1,100 calories and just get fat the rest of your life. It's up to you.
1: You know, I um, it's funny because this morning I was 248 and I'm happy with that. I could weigh less, Steve, but my head is so big that, that like at, at a certain point, I, I, I look really bad, really thin. Like I almost look like sickly. So I literally lift my neck once a week just so for the podcast and on TV, I don't look like a bobblehead doll. Because if you don't lift weights at all and you just keep losing weight, like for me at least with a big head, that doesn't look good. It doesn't look right. Yeah, and obviously
2: all these charts are based upon someone who isn't a weightlifter. So if you are going to the gym and and, and working out, you can weigh you know more than what the charts would say. Ross, you being 6'4", you know, 240, I think, is probably, you know, since, since you're in shape muscular-wise, that's probably a perfect weight, even if it does make you have a little of a bobblehead. Six, four and a half. And the thing is, like,
1: I can't get my legs smaller if I tried. Like, I have always had really big, like, powerful legs. It's my gift. But in terms of how much I weigh, I'm always going to weigh more than people think I do because, because of that. You know what's helped me, Steve? Athletic Greens, because it's helped me with gut, or gut health. It's definitely given me more energy. It's optimized my immune system, because it has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help me start the day right. It's less than 3 bucks a day. There's a reason why they have so many five-star reviews. Check anywhere. Check anywhere for all the five-star reviews. To make it easy for you guys, though, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash money to take over ownership over your health, like Steve, like me Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at bluenile.com. That's bluenile.com. All right, Steve. Preseason NFL betting 101. Let's start with this. You bet a lot in the preseason, right? Like you you there's some people that think, "Oh, you can't do it. Like you can't bet in the pre you don't know who's going to play. Uh, you can't do it." That's not the right attitude,
2: correct? Correct, there's three schools of thought. Uh, School one, which is optimal. Preseason's very beatable. No one knows who's playing, and because of that, the odds makers are really up against it, trying to set lines, so it's very beatable. Very good approach. Approach two, preseason is beatable, but it is a different animal, and I just don't want to devote the time and resources to it, so I passed betting it. That's perfectly fine as well. Approach three, Preseason is for degenerates. No one wins betting the preseason. Anyone that tells you that, and I think Trey Wingo just told you that, by the way. I'm sorry to throw Trey Wingo under the bus. But um, I assure you, if Trey Wingo went to work for a sports book for three weeks during August, he would come back and tell everyone how wrong he was. Because if you ask any sports book director, they'll tell you they hate this preseason. They hate the fact that Atlanta Falcons are catching three against the Lions, blink, and all of a sudden the Falcons are favored against the Lions. Uh, some radical, dramatic line moves based upon information come through, and the Sharps are on top of it, and they get the best of it, and they get the money. Man, you would never see a line movement like that in the regular season. Never, not without a quarterback injury. And the fact that it can happen in a matter of you know literally one minute with um, – Big names betting it and releasing it to their clients shows just how vulnerable the books are. And I tell you what, walk, go, to, go up to Vegas, go up to like a normal sports book, like the win sports books. Say, I like $5,000 on a preseason game. Ross, unless you're a sucker loser at the Blackjack or Baccarat tables, they will look at you like you are from Mars. If you ask for five grand, obviously do it in the regular season. They'll ask you, sure you don't want to bet more on that, sir? The numbers are a lot tighter during the regular season so they won't let you do it oh god no no one's going to take five thousand dollars maybe circus sports you know the day of the game but uh no the limits are much much lower during the reg- during preseason here in uh the vast majority of the vegas books so what's the what's the edge
1: steve is the edge like kiev talked about last week understanding head coaches and the importance they put on it and their track record of winning or is the edge just following the beat writers and making sure you know exactly when it is they're gonna they're gonna announce who's playing what and then just taking advantage of that information
2: it's the latter it's following the beat writers because uh... Performance, past performance is not necessarily indicative of what we're going to see this year. You know, I bring up Atlanta as an example. Atlanta was terrible in the preseason last year. Arthur Smith went 0-3. This is a coach that doesn't care whatsoever about the preseason. Well, he came out and said he's emphasizing the preseason and winning this year. So we have to reevaluate Atlanta. You know, this Atlanta-Detroit game is fascinating because I got to tell you, initially I did bet Atlanta small plus three. I wish I'd bet more on it. Then they got to be the favorite. Well, Detroit only has one home game in preseason, and they only won three games last year. I think we got a case of buy on versus buy on. Both teams being motivated, and I bet back on uh, on the Lions plus one and a half in a game. I'm really not sure who's going to win. You know, one the number one Ross is so key in the preseason. If you can get plus one and a half on a pick'em game, that's not worth very much during the regular season. It's worth a ton in the preseason because you know it. You played. If it's 20 to 13 at the end of the game, and a team scores a touchdown, they go down one for whatever reason. No one wants to play overtime in the preseason. All the players, the number of plays have been pretty much scripted, how much everyone's going to play, avoid overtime at all costs. They go for two every single time. So the number one is of key importance in the preseason. That's interesting. I, I
1: didn't re- i I never heard you say that before. I never realized that. I'm curious about the math, Steve, on you playing back the Lions. Like, how do you decide whether or not to do that? At what number is it good with the chance
2: that, you know, you win both?
1: Yeah, well, the math
2: was pretty much, I'm looking for plus EV plays, plus um, expected value. And I thought about this and I'm like, how in the world can the lions the garbage lions a team everyone's high on this year despite the fact they've got a bad coach and a bad quarterback but um the marketplace likes the lions money's been coming in on the lions they only win three games last year so they're a team that should be motivated to instill a new winning culture into their you know with their players and the organization so they should take preseason seriously and only one home game and they want to sell tickets i gotta feel that the lions are going to go ahead and bring it in this game as well. So the Lions being at home as an underdog, I just couldn't resist, you know, going ahead and betting the Lions, despite the fact Atlanta's going to be, you know, playing hard in the game as well.
1: Got it. Um, what are some, so, okay, so basically your, your advice would be to all of our great listeners and the people that watch youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, your advice is, follow the beat writers and as soon as there's public comments from the coaches or just what the beat writers put out that they're hearing so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so will play, so-and-so won't. Because it seems like even if the starters play, Steve, it's only like a series or two or maybe the first quarter. Is that, is that enough time to go ahead? And I mean, is, is that enough information to be able to go on and say, I'm going to bet this team or bet the other team. I
2: hate to use the phrase, it all depends, but it all depends. I mean, you've got to, you want to look at who the backup quarterbacks are. Obviously, if you have an edge in the first quarter, that's not as important as having an edge for all four quarters. I mean, ideally it's always easy after the fact, and I apologize for the past post, but you look at the hall of fame game and looking back on it, you know what, if you got a coach that grew up two miles from the stadium he's probably going to be pretty darn motivated in that exhibition game to have his squad look good. And I think that that ultimately was the handicap with the Raiders-Jaguars in the Hall of Fame game. I, I did not bet the Raiders, but I sure, in retrospect, that was such an obvious play that they would be motivated to win for their coach in that game. I
1: mean, they played for their five offensive, starting offensive linemen. They played Josh Jacobs in the game. I mean, they played a lot more guys than the Jags did.
2: No doubt Jags sitting their top two quarterbacks. You know, the Jags set up well in terms of, you know, this week they've got a game under their belts, losing organization, wants to start winning some games, and now they just had an embarrassment. Week zero of preseason. I could only look towards Jacksonville here week one of preseason. And this is a case where, remember that, that, that number one is so important, Jacksonville's laying one and a half. I would never lay one and a half ever in preseason Minus one twenty five money line, much better bet if you are going to back the Jags. What? Explain the math to me on that. Uh, it was a real good chance. If Jacksonville wins, they win by exactly one point because one is as common as three in the preseason.
1: Interesting. Um, all right. What? Are, what are any other tips you have, Steve, for folks that want to bet on the preseason? Um, is that it? Is it just the information? You, so far, we've talked about head coach track record, access to information of who's playing, who's not, backup quarterbacks, anything else we should be aware of. You mentioned the number of why one and a half matters.
2: Let's talk about Baltimore and Harbaugh's 20-0 straight up, 18-2 and against the spread. So that's track record. But everything I'm reading says, remember Baltimore, very injured team last year. And so all the reports are, we're, point of emphasis, Baltimore, try to keep our guys healthier this year because that's what train wrecked us last year. I got to tell you, if I had to bet it, Tennessee, Baltimore Thursday night, i take the Titans plus the three and a half, despite the fact that Baltimore is 20 and 0 straight up because I think it's a different year, different motivations. Let me talk about totals real quick. Remember, I'm the underman. I'm the undertaker with the urn. I like playing the unders with the taker, but the data actually says, look to play overs. I took a look the last five years of preseason, obviously no preseason COVID 2020, but um, the, if, if you looked at a point of equilibrium on week one NFL preseason totals, it should be 35 and a half for us. That's the point where half the games went over, half went under. Well, 15 of the 16 games this week have a total at 35 and a half or less. So because of that, all these totals across the board look a little light, especially considering the NFL just came out point of emphasis. They're gonna be looking to go ahead and flag defenses for illegal contact. And that penalty, I think I've seen this uh, story before, Whenever that point of emphasis Memphis memo goes out the very first week, the flags are just flying everywhere for um, those points of emphasis. I think that's going to create more scoring this week, maybe to the tune of about a point. Well, points very significant, and with totals already being dealt very low, I think if you selectively play overs, you'll make money this week. Ooh,
1: okay, interesting. Um, anything else – uh, that we should know about betting on NFL preseason games before I get to uh, a
2: question or two from our great listeners. Just a little quirky with you know the three weeks of preseason um, instead of four weeks and then the bye week. You know we're still getting used to this schedule, so our coaches going to use week two or week three of preseason for their dress rehearsal. And heck, some coaches not going to have any dress rehearsal. They're just not going to play their starters at all. Um, so it used to be. You know, the second to last game was a dress rehearsal for most teams. Now I really think it's going to be very variant on team by team and how they approach preseason.
1: Well, it definitely was last year. Some of them used the last one as their um, dress rehearsal. Some of them used the second game as their dress rehearsal. And as you said, some of them didn't have a dress rehearsal. They didn't really play their starter. So that's a really good point, Steve, really good point. Another good point that I've been making a lot recently is that dressed up denim looks awesome on everybody. Selvage denim, high quality, one of a kind jeans as unique as you are. Modern vintage jeans, my favorite, the new hyper stretch jeans made with the highest level of stretch for maximum comfort. These jeans basically feel like sweatpants. They're, they're, they're like a dream. What are you waiting for? Find your new fall favorites at Express, online, or in store. All right. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ali is here to help. Ali invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin. Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift-off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. All right, Steve. Let's get to some of these email questions uh, because we get a bunch. Anybody ever has an email question for Steve, all you have to do is send it to me, ross at And in fact, if you send it to me, with a sponsor confirmation, so you buy something at Express or you uh, get a, sign up for Athletic Greens or any other sponsors at rawstucker.com. I guarantee you go to the top of the list in terms of email questions. I can't remember whether or not I asked you the, this first one, Steve, so if this is a repeat, let me know. But this comes from our buddy Norm, who is one of the patrons, patreon.com slash rt media that's where you actually go ahead and you can get not only do you become part of the community in our private slack channel but you also get all the bets that steve and i make every week in written format again it's patreon.com slash rt media if you don't want to have to be transcribing the podcast every week like i know a lot of you do anyway He said he wants to know what kind of gambling degenerate is betting NBA Summer League. I can't believe they have a line. This is from a couple weeks ago, Steve.
2: Do you bet NBA Summer League? Rarely, but I should. It's a matter of just not enough having enough hours in the year. I'm a a couple weeks removed from having to work 60 hours a week, just betting nonstop all the way through March Madness. So I take a lot of time off in the summer. And because of that, I don't want to devote time to the summer league with low limits, not going to make that much money. But obviously, um, it's difficult to set the lines on games and totals, and it's difficult for the odds makers to do so as well. And because it's difficult for the odds makers, if you're plugged in and you're actually attending the games and you're following the teams and doing all your research, you absolutely can get an edge. Kind of difficult to get an edge when you're in the Bahamas, staying at the Cove and, and kicking back and, and floating on the lazy river for a week, like I was doing two weeks ago. Um, love it. You like the Bahamas? You know, that's an interesting question. I, I really like the Bahamas. They're very pricey, so all things being equal, I, I compare and contrast Hawaii to the Bahamas. And ultimately, I'm going to land on Hawaii as being my preference. And here's why. Like within the resort itself, I think it's pretty much a push. But Hawaii has so many special extra things to do when you venture around whatever island you're staying at. Whereas in the Bahamas, I think in many ways, your, your time can be optimized just spending you know, right at the – if you're staying at one of the really nice resorts – um, not venturing very much off of that resort. So that's where I think Hawaii trumps the Bahamas.
1: Let's get to another question, Steve, from Trevor Chow in Blaine, Washington. Thank you for the taking the time to answer my previous email questions. This one's for Steve. Steve, you've told us many things, like how to do the correct teasers, proper parlays, what points to never lay, and such. What is your advice on live betting this is a good question steve because live betting becoming more and more
2: popular yeah so live betting i'll give you the most important tip i can possibly give you this is going to really help your results if ever there's a time to have multiple outs it's live betting because let's face it uh all the sportsbooks know what each other is dealing during a typical game and it would be very rare you're going to get any variance of any significant magnitude still matters but if a game has a total of 34 it's going to be 33 and a half 34 34 now during live wagering if you have like three out it's not unusual boom the timeout hits up comes the live wagering total one book might have a 36 one book might have a 34. you can see tremendous variance in what's being dealt get as many outs as possible that deal live. I would say that um, if you did nothing but look to play middles where you're playing in both directions and getting profitable middles, you could make money with no opinion whatsoever in live wagering just by betting variances.
1: Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. There's that much of a variance
2: during the game. Why would that be the case? Different books priced based upon different models and there's no time to look at the screen because the TV timeout only lasts two minutes and the books want to put something up for people to wager on. So um, bang, they put up as quickly as possible, not necessarily consulting an odd screen showing what other books have put up. There's no time to wait for that.
1: Uh, One more question we'll get to, Steve. And uh, this one looks familiar, but I might have just read it before. Um, what would you line an undefeated season at in the NFL? What about a winless season? DraftKings has these numbers up, and I'm curious if the no for both is a good bet based on the number currently up. So any idea how you would line an undefeated season and a winless season? Because I guess my dudes over at DraftKings have that up. That's from Joseph
2: Hoffman. Sure, so the winless season's well, the undefeated season is easier to price. We'll go, back, we'll go back 50 years. So we got the Dolphins. That was a 14-game season we got the Patriots. It's only happened twice in 50 years. So minus 2,500 is the first number that pops in my head would be, you know, bet no minus 2,500. Now even further, NFL teams have gotten savvier. Don't get your guys hurt. Um, maybe New England chasing the perfect season cost them the Super Bowl. That actually seems a little light. But here's the problem. Do I want to lay minus twenty five hundred and tie up my money, Ross? Of course not. I could just invest it in something. Well, I would probably lose money then. But um, you, you know where I'm going—that I'm never going to lay minus twenty five hundred on the sun coming up on February first. I mean, it's just too much of a lay. But I would never bet that you know that yes, there will be an undefeated team. It's probably it's probably one percent chance that there'd be an undefeated team. It's more likely, I think, that there'll be a winless team with you know tanking and there being the possibility. Maybe I'll say the chance of a winless team is 2%. So um, it's still very, very unlikely. I might go as high as 2.5%. I wish I could make a prop bet um, that's more likely there'll be a winless team than an undefeated team. That certainly is clear to me.
1: Check him out on social media. He's the man at Fezzik Sports. Absolutely love talking with my guy, Fez. It's It's pretty much go time. Every team plays this week. Next week, we'll dive into a little bit more. Maybe we'll start to get closer to doing our official season win total bets. Obviously, we're getting closer to week one of the NFL regular season. There's also some injuries that have happened. There's some things happening off the field that I want to get Steve's take on and whether or not it impacts how we feel about these teams for their week one lines as well as their season win totals. Check him out on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Absolutely love the emails, so keep them coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. Love those of you that check out our clips on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Other than that, good luck with NFL preseason week one betting. Hope you make some money.